What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast Network production. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Happy to be joined on this Tuesday by Steph Sanchez. What's up, Steph? What's going on, Rob? I'm I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm excited. We got breaking news. The 49ers apparently have a new defensive coordinator. Tim Kawakami's just throwing out Molotov cocktails on his mailbag column. It's going to be a fun show. Yeah, I I think so. But let's get right into this the Steve Wilkes conversation because that news just dropped. I mean, he just got hired as defensive coordinator and this comes with a lot of questions, I think as well, right? I mean, this was one of the shoes that needed to drop this offseason and one of the first shoes to drop. And uh, I, I'm excited about the hire. What, what about you? I always have said that I will have total and complete faith in Kyle Shanahan, whoever he hires as defensive coordinator, because he grew up in defensive meeting rooms. He knows defense. And so, and especially when you look at his last two hires, Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans, both excellent defensive coordinators. I don't think that's an accident. I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about Steve Wilkes, but I am trusting the process, as they say. So, Steve Wilkes, come on down. I didn't know a lot about Steve Wilkes either. So, I, I did some, like, research. All I know is, you know, where he most recently came from, which was the Panthers, right? And mm-hmm. he was their interim head coach. They finished what was it eight and eight or something like that? Or I don't remember the record, but it was pretty good. Um, there were six know, and six him, with him, six I think. and six with him. There you go. Uh, I know it was a 500 number. Uh, yes. And, and so he didn't get the nod for head coach there, which kind of felt like a bit of a surprise for many. And I know, you know, Jordan Elliott spoke with Brian Burns over there at the pro bowl and got some thoughts from him about, you know, Steve Wilkes as a coach and how he'd be a great fit with the 49ers. So after that, like I was all in, it seems like most of his experience has been, you know, being a DB coach. Um, Of course he does have assistant head coach uh, and defensive coordinator experience as well. So, I mean, he has a ton of experience and you may recall, uh, I mean, we did see reports that, uh, the 49ers defensive coordinator uh, coach, not defensive coordinator, the secondary coach, his, uh, his contract has expired, right? So he's going to be out. I would expect Steve Wilkes to hire someone, but that's his wheelhouse, right? You know, secondary and all that. So I feel good about that. Chris Kosrick is, is going to be back. Seems like the 49ers probably, you know, handed him a little more money, uh, you know, to make that happen. But I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he said he wanted to keep most of the defensive uh, staff intact. And I think he's going to be able to do that. Yeah. Look, Kyle has had to do a ton of shuffling when it comes to coaches. This always blows my mind. Over the last two years, the 49ers have had 27 coaches, either with new titles or just new coaches in general. That is unbelievable it is such an underrated thing to have to replenish your staff year after year and Kyle has done it and made the NFC championship game twice in that time and Wilkes by all accounts appears to be a good hire he runs a 4-3 that's what the 49ers like to do in their base package although you're not always in base a lot of the time but they wanted to try and keep things as normal as possible and you're right Chris Kacarek being back awesome right 
The dude loves the defensive line. And, and that was kind of my big thing earlier today. I was like, all right, he's staying. They're going to have to give him something to stay, right? Either he's going to get a big raise or he's going to be the defensive coordinator. And it looks like right now, at least, Wilkes is the DC. Kasarik is there. You you mentioned Corey Unlin. They let him go, so they'll have to replace him. But they they're trying to keep the band together. I was I was a little surprised, honestly, by uh, Chris Kosarik getting some consideration for defensive coordinator, honestly, because we had heard before that he wasn't interested in ever becoming right. a defensive coordinator. So. I, I don't know if I ever believed that he was actually in the running. Um, and, and so people that are maybe upset that he, you know, didn't get defensive coordinator position here. I, I think it's just the fact that maybe he wasn't all that interested in it. And as long as he's still here, I am happy, right? Any way we can get him, I'm happy with. Absolutely. And you know what? They need more help on the defensive line. And so I have a lot more faith that they can sign you know, what we've seen, one of these kind of lower level guys that Chris Cassera can sort of whip into, you know, a solid contributor. So I like what the Niners are doing. I like the fact that they kept Cassera in the fold. Steve Wilkes is a good coach. I mean, look, this is like the coveted spot. If you want to be a head coach, become the 49ers defensive coordinator because you will get a job pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's the other impressive part. I mean, you mentioned the fact that Kyle Shanahan has, has done such an incredible job bringing new talent in every time he has to replenish. But on that same token, he's also getting these guys promotions elsewhere, right? <laughs> he's getting them head coaching yep. positions. He's getting them offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator positions elsewhere. So this is the place to be. If you have aspirations to, you know, build your career, to move up in this space. And Steve Wilkes, he has been a head coach before, but I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to get another opportunity here in the future. I completely agree with you. I mean, I forget who it was, but somebody was like, man, when I got a quarterback, that turned me into a hell of a lot better coach. It's the same thing with Niners D coordinator, right? When you got Bosa and Warner, all of a sudden you look like a pretty damn head coach. CJ Gray watching on YouTube, the way he turned the Panthers around, he's a great addition. I mean, this is like honeymoon phase for 49ers fans, right? There's not a single comment right now of anybody mad that they hired Steve (laughs) Wilkes, but God forbid... They give up one touchdown drive next year at the beginning of the game. They're going to be coming for Steve Wilkes, just like they did for D'Amico Ryans. I mean, people coming for D'Amico Ryans was always ridiculous, let's yes. be honest. But, yeah, you know, I another reason that I, I feel good about this hiring, because he does have experience in, in being a DB coach in the past, you know, maybe that'll take care of some of those things they got to work on. You know, they were one of the worst defenses and – you know, allowing downfield passes, deep passes. So maybe that's that's something that Steve Wilkes can help them out with. I hope so, because even though they, they tied for the league league in interceptions, there were some frustrating, like when the other quarterback dropped back to pass and you could see they were throwing deep, my butt cheeks clenched every time. <laughs> I was legitimately <laughs> nervous. And I know you wanted an update on the status of my butt cheeks, but I was nervous. The Niners defensive backs were not great at making plays on the ball. So hopefully that can improve because that is definitely an area where there's room for improvement. Yeah. But all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy about this hire. So uh, looking and, you know, again, Steve Wilkes is going to have a, a great amount of players, right. To work with. And, and that's the point is that he's coming into a great uh, situation for him. Right. And, and, 
I, I expect this defense to just be up and running as it was. They're not really going to miss a beat. Same as how it was from this transition from solid to D'Amico. And, and that's a great thing about this defense and, and what they've been able to build throughout these years is that anyone can come in at this point and, you know, <laughs> just move on and, and continue the defensive coordinator dominance here. And I also like the idea of Kyle having another head coach on the staff. I know it was an interim position for Wilkes, but like, I do like that. I think he does need another voice in there that carries a little weight. You know, he's lost a lot of his like close advisors over the years because the Niners coaching staff has sort of been raided, right? Robert Sala gone to the Jets, Mike McDaniel gone to the Dolphins. LaFleur obviously went to the Jets. So you need another guy in there that you can trust. And we talked about all the coaches that they've had to sort of cycle in there. You don't have that when you've got that much turnover. Maybe Wilkes can be that kind of guy for him. I don't know. Do you think they give him an assistant head coach title as well? Because you got to figure like Anthony, Anthony Lynn was assistant head coach for Kyle this past season. He might be out the door as well, Mm -hmm. getting interest from the commanders for their OC position. So I don't know. To your point, Steve Wilkes could be a good option for assistant head coach for Kyle as well. I would like that. That's right. Who wanted to interview Anthony Lynn? I can't remember who it was, but I saw that somebody wanted to. Uh, Brisby Life, getting Wilkes and keeping Kacerik seems like a pretty good outcome. Javi Vega, podcast host Emeritus watching. Good hire. I hope Ronnie Harrison is on the way. Safety from Cleveland. Hmm. That's the interesting thing I saw. So like coordinators attract players right that guys like playing for certain guys i haven't even looked yet maybe i can pull up a list real quick do the panthers have any exciting defensive free agents that may want to i mean who doesn't want to come and play on d in san francisco anyway maybe this helps you know plug a couple holes it it could it definitely could um i mean the 49ers could potentially have some holes in the secondary right so that could be you know one position where you know, Wilkes maybe has done some homework on some of these guys or has worked with some free agents in the past that he can bring over here. I think, you know, that would be some great additions as well. I haven't looked at the list myself either, um, but, you know, he he comes with experience with other players. So that's another plus of this hire. I'm looking at the list right now on Panthers.com. It's not exactly a bunch of people that are jumping out at me. TJ Carey, Sean Chandler. Justin Burris, uh, not, you know, not a who's who, but, uh, you know, we'll see. The Niners do tend to pick their spots when it comes to free agency, and they've had some success there. But at least that that domino has fallen, right? That was one of the big questions about this offseason for the 49ers. Obviously, the quarterback thing is a big question. We're going we're gonna to get to that because, like I said, Tim Kawakami had a, quite a bit that he just sort of slipped into a mailbag column. Probably could have made a whole separate column out of it if he wanted to. But – Other than the quarterback, it was who's going to be the defensive coordinator. This is a massive, massive domino in the 49ers offseason that is now hopefully off their plate. Now we can focus on the quarterback stuff or we can focus on maybe the Nick Bosa contract, which is probably the next big thing coming down the pike. Although if they stick to their normal timing, we won't have that till August. Yeah, we'll we'll be talking about that all offseason. Forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that is not even going to be a negotiation. It's just going to be Nick Bosa writing down a number on a piece of paper, sliding it face down across the table to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and Prague, then picking it up and saying, yes, sir, Mr. Bosa, would you like that in 50s or 100s? 
I, I do feel that Nick Bosa, aside from like other negotiations they've done in the past, he, he really truly holds a lot of value in that. I, I don't think there will be a lot of back and forth with this one. Um, I, I can't imagine, I hope the 49ers wouldn't send him that, you know, one initial low ball offer. I, I do hope it would just be, hey, Nick, tell us, you know, what you're thinking and then we can kind of go from there. But we'll see. We, we know how the 49ers kind of operate. One thing that John Lynch has said about these negotiations is that patience. He's preaching patience. It'll it'll get done when it gets done. You know, just be patient with it. So, yeah, I, I think we can expect a similar timeline with Nick Bosa's extension. But it, it's going to get done. That I'm not worried about. And he'll be one of the highest paid, you know, whatever. Maybe, you know, highest paid edge rusher. Maybe even highest paid defensive player, you know, whatever he it. wants, whatever he wants, he's, he's going to get hundred percent. I think it's highest paid defensive player ever. I, I mean, for the love of God, I mean, the guy coming off a knee injury was incredible. He was incredible last year. He, he he's worth every freaking penny. And now yeah. he's even becoming like a vocal leader in the locker room too. So yeah, I think he's going to get the bag uh, and he's going to deserve it. A couple other questions before we go on Steve Wilkes, before we uh, change subjects, I should say Niner boss talk. Thank you for the super chat. What a great hire. Everybody, like I said, seems to be uh, pretty happy. How about this one? Biolateralist on Twitch have to handle players better. In my opinion, we could have traded Aziz for a decent pick. Now we get nothing. I mean, they wanted Aziz to play. He's a, right. he's a damn good player. I'm pretty sure they did use him down the stretch as well, right? So who else would you have had <laughs> besides yeah. Aziz? I don't get that. Uh, sign me too. Also on Twitch, focus on keeping the rest of the staff. Who else might go with D'Amico? We don't know that yet. I know that. Um, oh, now Bobby the name Slowick. is Bobby Slowick. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, that that was supposedly the guy that D'Amico really wants. That's part of your job when you're a defensive head coach. You need to have that guy, your offensive coordinator, whoever it is. You got to have them sort of lined up, and you might have to have a pipeline because those guys tend to get head coaching jobs fast. So if he goes, then again, it's like here's Shanahan again having to fill these key spots on his staff. But I, I would expect him to go because the one thing with Kyle, you don't get to call plays like ever. Right. He calls the plays. So, if you know, I, I can understand, like, studying at the feet of the master. That's cool. But eventually, you want to spread your wings a little bit. Yeah, that, and, and that's fair. And I think another option as well for D'Amico will, will be Corey Undlin, right, um, since, you know, his, his contract has expired. So uh, that'll be another option for him. But, yeah, there, there might be some other dominoes that fall with D'Amico leaving, right, that – Oh, there we, will be we just, yeah, we, we just don't know yet. Um, so there will be more changes to this coaching staff to come, but again, it seems like we have this conversation every year where we're like worried about it and then it ends up being okay. I know there was a lot of talk at the beginning of last season. Oh, Kyle Shanahan, he misses Mike McDaniel. Did he though? Like it, it ended up being okay, you know? So I, I think, this team is going to, you know, move on, move forward, and they're going to have new guys. Look at the, what is it, the quality coaches. You know, often they get promoted as well. Mm -hmm. So there are guys in-house already that Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure, is thinking proactively, okay, this guy would be good to promote in case X guy leaves. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Kyle Shanahan has shown that he 
is probably already thinking ahead on some of these guys and and expecting that some of them do leave and and having a plan in place. I totally agree. You have to as a head coach. You mm-hmm. need to have that pipeline ready to go. I do think part of the slow start this past season was was the fact that so many coaches were in different spots and they had to sort of learn their mechanisms. But I also think that Kyle Shanahan just is so hands-on with everything that no matter who comes and goes, he's his fingerprint is still going to be the biggest on this team. And so that, you know, that can help deal with some of that turnover uh, as they go. I should have mentioned at the top of the show, we got right to the news. Please smash that like button, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Also the gold standard podcast network. We will have plenty of video videos for you every day throughout the off season. We're not going anywhere. And as you can see, there's always news with the 49ers. <sighs> Let's get into it now, Steph. Cause before this, this Steve Wilkes news broke, what did I text you? I said, you're going to get salty stats today. Uh-oh. And I am salty. And it's all Tell Tim it. Kawakami's fault. Okay. Just before we came on, he released a mailbag column. And there's a few things in the column that are not sitting right with me. All of it is about the quarterback stuff. First, we'll start with the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. I'm just going to read from the article. Quote, the relationship between Garoppolo and Shanahan slash Lynch seems to have gone a bit south in the days or weeks leading up to the NFC Championship game. I don't know if there was a specific blow up or conversation that led to this. I don't know what the main issue was. Hmm. That's interesting to me, given some rumblings that have been out there about Jimmy Garoppolo and that Philadelphia Eagles game. Yes, but I mean, he was in, wasn't he in a walking boot like nine days before the game? Yes. Can you shed, can you shed a walking boot and play in within nine days or do you think it was all just a a facade it it was all just for show hey guys look at me in my walking boot i definitely cannot play wink wink (laughs) i think that clearly the relationship was not great i think that it's entirely possible that maybe the 49ers were hoping that jimmy would have healed at a certain rate And that he did not heal at that rate for whatever reason. And so then, because here's the thing. They kept the roster spot for him, Steph, Mm -hmm. right? They They held the spot. So that's where I think that they, you know, they kept saying outside chance, outside chance. But what did they actually do? They kept the spot open for him. So they had some hope. And then lo and behold, they found out before the championship game that they kept the spot for nothing. And I could see that ticking off Shanahan and Lynch. Yeah, I mean... I get it. And and I can totally see, you know, Garoppolo's agent also saying, hey, like there's at this point, there's no incentive in, in you playing like you just need to be healthy when the offseason comes. You're going to get a deal, a new deal with some yep. other team. We need to protect that money. Don't go out there. You know, I can totally I see that. that happening. Yeah, you, you can't be mad at that. So if that's, you know, something that ended up happening I don't think I can fault either side, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo for doing that, protecting himself and also John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan feeling a way about it because they were kind of not banking on him coming back. But like you said, they did hold out some hope. Clearly the fact that they kept him on the roster showed that they did have an inkling of hope that he might just return. And the way that, 
the NFC Championship game transpired, right. I'm sure it just added like, <laughs> oh, you you could have potentially played. I I don't know though. We'll, we won't know. That's that's the thing, right? Yep. I don't think it'll ever come out that he might have been able to play or anything like that. But yeah, Tim K's comments, him suggesting or saying that, you know, maybe something happened in the weeks or days out of the game that tells me something, something did happen, right. That they were not happy with. And uh, he also pointed out the fact that, yeah, even John Lynch didn't have like a more, politically correct answer he didn't chime in after kyle shanahan's comment which he usually would right (laughs) so that was probably telling in itself but i mean there were a lot of other things in this mailbag that i think are are newsworthy here and i'm surprised more people aren't talking about it probably because there's you know the steve wilkes news just dropped there's other things but you know he he talked a lot about the fact that he talked a lot about brock purdy and the sense that I get from his comments on Brock Purdy is that he has a very tight grip on the QB1 position on this team, regardless of what happens. It's going to be very difficult for Trey Lance to make a large enough impression for him to potentially take the starting job from Brock Purdy. That's the sense that I got. And I, this one quote stood out to me as well. Shanahan daydreamed about Brock Purdy playing one day and then Garoppolo got hurt again and Purdy did play quite well. He daydreamed about Brock Purdy playing like to me, this sounds like uh, Kyle Shanahan having his cousin's moment with Brock Purdy because (laughs) like, it's kind of similar, right? Like he just gets transfixed on, on a guy on a quarterback that he loves all the attributes, right? And a lot of those times, some of those guys just haven't panned out. You think of the Bethards, you think of the Mullins. But Brock Purdy, he saw it in the flesh. Like, this guy can actually play. And then, like, he looks good. That's his Kirk Cousins. This infuriates me. I'm going to try and stay (laughs) calm. All right? A couple of things. First of all, source Tim Kawakami? Are Are you privy to Kyle Shanahan's daydreams? Um Second of all, I'm really sick and tired of hearing what Kyle Shanahan is daydreaming about, right? He was daydreaming about the plays he was going to call for Trey Lance flying home from the Justin Fields Pro Day, right? That's the first thing Kyle was daydreaming about. Now, apparently, he was daydreaming about Brock Purdy playing quarterback. This, to me, is such revisionist history, okay? If you thought Brock Purdy was so good that you were having wet dreams about him in the preseason, why the hell did you bring Jimmy Garoppolo back, right? If you were that hopeful, hoping, daydreaming that Brock Purdy would get into a game. You didn't have to wait for two quarterbacks to get injured, Kyle. You could have made Brock the backup, and then you could have said, as soon as Lance falters, we're bringing him in. But they didn't do that. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo. They created, potentially, it would have been a complete quarterback controversy, a split locker room, potentially, all that stuff to bring Jimmy back. So I don't want to hear that Kyle Shanahan was now daydreaming about Brock Purdy. I don't want to hear that. To me, that's them going back and saying, oh, we knew he was going to be good all along. Just like all those people that say, well, we were going to draft Tom Brady earlier, but, you know, we decided not to. Like, no, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I mean, there were also 
you know, some remarks in, in this mailbag that suggested that Lance just hasn't been, I guess, what Shanahan or the 49ers have expected, right? And he pointed out, you know, Shanahan thought that he'd be able to run Lance outside, and he quickly figured out that Lance isn't fast enough. He doesn't have the NFL speed to get to the outside, so he had to, you know, go with the inside runs, which people aren't a big fan of. And my question, like the more that I read about how the 49ers feel about Lance, the more I question why they made the pick to begin with. And, in, in, you know, in, in this mailbag, it even says like Purdy, it said something to the fact that Purdy has everything that, you know, Kyle Shanahan wants in a player, or he, he sees the game like Kyle Shanahan wants uh, yep. a player to see it. And okay, like, and that's fine. Yeah, you you liked it. You drafted Brock Purdy, but why'd you draft Trey Lance if he is not that? You know what I mean? It just seemed like that pick went against everything that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers want in a quarterback. And now, you know, we're sitting here blaming Trey Lance for not being the guy, right? When he, it's like he was set up for failure from the beginning, in my opinion. And you know, even the comments, and, and I'll throw in another quote here because someone in the mailbag asked, does, like, Trey Lance have a chance or is it Brock's job to lose? Tim K said, Lance will have to put together a remarkable offseason and start of training camp while Purdy recuperates for this to become any kind of QB competition. And even then, I think the job is 90% waiting for Purdy. So that reads like Lance has no chance. Like he, we, he would have to do something extraordinary and or Purdy would have to suffer a setback or just not be the same guy at all. But it, it just feels like Lance, he's he's an afterthought. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because I've heard people say that, right? Lance is going to have to, he's going to have, what did, what was Kawakami's exact quote? Put together a remarkable offseason and start of training camp. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Like they don't even do anything half the time in the early offseason program. Like, what is it that Trey Lance is going to have to do? Is he going to have to walk on water into the 49ers facility? Like someone needs to tell me what that actually means in real football terms. Can he throw an incompletion in training camp? Can he like, does he have to throw nothing but touchdowns? Like I need to know specifically what that means, because I feel like we keep saying that about Trey Lance, but like we just throw that out there to sort of cover our ass. And and then we just sort of move along with the day, but no one ever explains what is a great training camp for Trey Lance. Do you know? Because I don't know. I I don't know. And at this point, like it it's tough because he's had opportunities, but like not really, you know. And and this will be his only. I feel like this is one of his last opportunities again, mm-hmm. unless there is some setback or another injury to Purdy that kind of gives Trey Lance another chance right but it feels like this training camp this offseason is going to be Lance's best shot at proving that he could be a starter on this team I mean Kyle Shanahan said we feel we have two starters with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy Uh, but that being said you know with Tim K's comments it doesn't seem like there's going to be any competition at all so so then what? So then really you just have one starting quarterback and that is Brock Purdy, it sounds like. So n- my whole thought on it has been 
for Trey Lance, he's in a tough spot, but he can't sit here and, and feel sorry for himself, right? He he has to come out and have this remarkable training camp. And I know like that's vague, but it, it's it just seems like the chips are are against him at this point. And I I do feel for him, but he can't he can't feel bad for himself. Do you know what I mean? Like he he can't in order to have a remarkable offseason, you gotta go in there acting like you are the QB one, because isn't that what Brock Purdy did after all? He he acted like he was a starter. He played like he was a starter. Obviously, there was something that Kyle Shanahan liked in training camp last season. One thing of note was he took chances. That was the biggest thing. And that's why I didn't like Purdy so much when I watched him at training camp, because I was like, this guy keeps throwing interceptions. Like, this guy, <laughs> this guy sucks. Um, but really, it was the fact that he was taking risks. And Kyle Shanahan loves that. Because he thinks like, okay, just take the risks. That's a good sign. And then we can dial back and then we can see what, what you can and can't do. But take the risks. And one of the criticisms of Trey Lance, and I remember Fred Warner talking about it uh, too in training camp, was that you know Trey Lance wasn't taking enough risks at first. Uh, I think being like on the scout team or something like that last season, right? right? So that's something that Trey Lance has got to just, you know, get over and and maybe watching Brock Purdy can kind of help him with that because you know Brock Purdy again what what he was able to do obviously that's what the 49ers kind of like they want to see more of that so Trey Lance has to go in there and and kind of try to emulate as much of that as possible and and be that kind of quarterback but here's the thing it's easy for Brock Purdy to take risks he's got nothing to lose right that's literal true. last pick in the draft Trey Lance has never been in a position to take risks because he's always been in a position where if he wasn't immediately successful, he was going to be pulled and lose his job. So you can sit there and say Trey Lance didn't take enough risks, but when you got Jimmy Garoppolo sitting over your shoulder, the guy that the whole locker room loves, are you really going to be that risky with the football? I, I, I just think yeah. that they I never, I, I understand. They never let Trey just go out and play <laughs> burnt Reynolds watching on YouTube. Let Trey play. Or, or excuse me, he says 49ers let Trey play. He got his chance. He had weak bones. Okay. He got his chance. Four career starts. That's it. Trevor Lawrence got a whole year to be awful, to lead the league in interceptions. But Trey yeah, Lance got so bad. four starts, right? I mean, what are we talking about here? He got his chance. They never gave him a chance. They have never given him a chance. And that's what drives me nuts. They just they spent all this capital. We got all invested in Trey Lance and they never even took the car out of the garage. I, you know, I, I agree with that to an extent. He was given the opportunity, right? I mean, after all, he was going to be the starter last season and Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the backup, right? So he did get that opportunity. And to John Lynch's point, Trey Lance has to prove that he can stay healthy. That's a huge part of this as well. And we got to remember the reason that, the 49ers moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo too. Big reason was because he couldn't stay healthy. So now they're looking at Trey Lance, wondering the same things about him. Can he stay healthy? And, you know, you can't just say, well, he got hurt all this time because of Kyle Shanahan and how they, he was being used. That's, that's not true. All of his injuries have been different and have occurred in different ways. Yep. It isn't just because he's been running. So it, you know, in that sense, I, I agree. Like he does have to prove he can stay healthy or he's, he isn't ever going to have a chance on this team because at the end of the day, 
this is a business and 49ers have to be in the business of winning football games. You have to have a healthy quarterback. We saw how important that was in the NFC championship game. Jimmy Garoppolo missed a hell of a lot of games that they kept putting him back out there. Jimmy didn't have to prove he could stay healthy. Dude's only had one healthy season in his whole freaking career, even before he got to the 49ers. Yet but Jimmy they, doesn't did, have to prove he could stay healthy. But did they have any other options at that time, Rob? Well, no. Now they have the really. luxury of having options. Right. And that and so that hurts Trey Lance, right? Because I agree. They have another option in, in Brock Purdy, who they, they really, really like. Players apparently would be pissed off if, if he is not starter next season, which I don't like that quote either because there's so much that can change between now and August or, or what have you mm-hmm. to say that. I mean, these, these situations are so fluid, and we see what can happen with with injuries, and we don't know if Brock Purdy is going to look the exact same when he comes back. I mean, I, I don't I don't like throwing quotes like that out there. Yeah, personally. neither do I, especially from Matt Milktoast Mayoko, who never says anything about anything. All of a sudden, he's throwing this quote out there. Oh, players are going to be pissed off. Let them. Let them be pissed off. The players don't get to pick the quarterback. The coach picks the quarterback. I'm tired of, of these veteran guys like going and complaining. We start who we start. And you know what? They'll like the guy that wins. Just like everyone loved Jimmy Garoppolo. And then when Brock Purdy got in there, he won. Everybody loved him. Like, that's the the ultimate denominator. What are the players going to do, Steph? Is George Kittle not going to catch a pass if Trey Lance is the starting quarterback? Is he not going to run his route? Like, what are they going to do? Who cares if the locker room is pissed off? I'm tired of hearing that. But don't you think that does matter, like the locker room? Because then all of a sudden, if, I mean, the locker room has to be behind the coach, right? But they also have to agree with the decisions that he makes. And if there's any friction between the two sides because of a decision that the team or the locker room did not like or agree with and doesn't doesn't that start to you know tear some of the seams a little bit you think only if they lose if they win what are they gonna say well yeah you gotta well yeah you gotta pick the guy you think is right that you gotta pick the guy you think is best for the job not the guy the locker room likes the best that's my thing if you honestly think brock purdy is the better guy for the job Okay, pick him, but don't pick the guy just because the locker room is going to get mad if you don't pick. That's the part that rubs me the wrong way. But clearly, clearly, like the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan would agree that Brock Purdy should be the starter, at least based on what I've been reading, what I've been seeing. I mean, this this mailbag from Tim K seems to kind of point in that direction as well. Right. So I don't think the players have anything to worry about in this case. Panama Queen watching on YouTube. Kyle listens to the players too much. Andy Reid and Belichick would never. Um, I don't I know if I agree with that. I mean, Andy Reid's never really had to worry about it because he's had friggin' Patrick Mahomes or Don McNabb when McNabb was tearing up stuff. So I don't know that it's quite the same situation. But I, I sometimes I just, yeah, that, that quote just irritated me that, oh, 49ers players are going to be pissed off. Like, okay, tough. Deal with it. I mean, we don't even know, like you said, we don't know that Brock's arm is going to be come back. I know Kyle was, you could tell that Kyle wants Purdy to be the starter too. Cause did you hear about how he talked about Purdy's rehab? He was like, well, he could start throwing again in three months. And then by six months, he'll be all the way ramped up. So we won't have to ramp him up. We could just throw him right back in there. In other words, it's like, we don't give a crap what Trey Lance is doing. The second Brock is ready to go. It's him. 
that yeah i mean that's that's what it sounds like and that again it's unfortunate for trey lance because at this point it's like no matter what you do kid like you you're not gonna get the job at nope. what point does trey lance say i'm not gonna get the opportunity here trade me that may be coming i've been hearing rumblings that that could be coming down the pipe the problem is like you really can't demand a trade when your stock is at its lowest point, right? I mean, the Trey Lance stock has never been lower. He's had multiple injuries. He's coming back from a serious ankle injury that required multiple surgeries. He hasn't exactly blown the doors off people. And I've been a Lance defender, but the games are what they are. Clearly there's room for improvement there. So, okay, you want to be traded, but like from the 49ers perspective, it's like, well, what do you think we're going to get for you, Trey? And it's going to cost us more money to trade you than it will to keep you. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's any incentive to the 49ers trading him, but, you know, at some point, I think Trey Lance is going to get a little restless and is going to want to um, have, you know, that opportunity to go somewhere else. That being said, the 49ers have been so snake bitten with injuries at the quarterback position that, yep. you know, if he just sits back and, and, you know, waits for an opportunity, it's probably more than likely bound to come. That's a good point. You know, we kind of assume, well, it's Brock Purdy's job and Brock will play. It's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, Brock Purdy's got injured twice in what? Eight or nine career starts too. So if you want to back on Trey Lance for getting hurt in his starts, Brock's been banged up also. So they're probably going to need more than one. My argument there would be being banged up and playing through injury is different than like, okay, you suffered an injury where you absolutely cannot play. You need rehab and yep. all that. So, you know, the oblique injury, yeah, he he got hurt on that, but he, he did play through it. Yep. And Lance played through the finger injury. Yes. I would I would argue that that impacted Lance a little more than Purdy's oblique Oh, injury. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. You're allowed to disagree with me. That's okay. You don't have to be nice about it, Steph. You could just, <laughs> just disagree. I am a big boy. I can take it. You're being too nice uh, to me. Oh, am I? Okay. All right. Screw uh, you, stats. There you go. <laughs> Juan says, why is Rob hating on go. Purdy? I'm yeah, not see. hating on Purdy. I'm not sold on Brock Purdy, by the way. I'll just say that. But like, Who are you sold on? Nobody. It takes a year or two for me to be sold on a quarterback. 100%. Like, I'm a, I, it, I don't want to get hurt, you know? Kaepernick came in. They went to the Super Bowl. It was like, yeah, Colin Kaepernick's here. They gave him that big contract. And then if you bought a Kaepernick jersey, it was pretty much useless like two years later, right? Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, wins five games in a row. Holy hell, we got our guy. And then I was begging for them to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo a few years after that. So I take a long time before I want to label a quarterback the guy. That's just me. I'm a tough grader. Okay, that that's fair. Hey, can we get this question from Tim Eddie up on who will be the third quarterback next year? And I, I this one caught my eye because that was another thing that you know uh, Tim K kind of mentioned in his mailbag. He he threw out the option of Matt Ryan, and and I was like, that's interesting. I don't know if he would be willing to, you know, come to the 49ers obviously a backup because Trey Lance, I mean, Brock Purdy is going to be the QB one I'm hearing, uh, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't hate it if, as long as he's not the starter, I, uh, you know, I wouldn't hate it. Obviously he's worked with Kyle Shanahan before he has a noodle arm at this point, you know, that arm is toast, but you know, I think he, he would, his leadership and his, 
you know, experience can go a long way with, with some of these, we got two young quarterbacks, you know, on this team. Right. So I think having a guy like Matt Ryan to kind of, you know, help guide those guys would, would help. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it again, as long as he's not the starter. In terms of like locker room guy, everything from the neck up with Matt Ryan is like home run. Like he's yeah. awesome. People forget he came into the worst football situation ever, right? Michael Vick had just been arrested for, for killing dogs. Atlanta was a dumpster fire. Their head coach up and left in the middle of the night during the season. And Matt Ryan came in there right away and stabilized things. Everything from the neck up with Matt Ryan is awesome. I think he'd be a great mentor in that locker room for Brock and for Trey. I'm going to say something that's probably going to make more people think that I'm hating on Brock, but you mentioned Matt Ryan's arm is shot, right? It's a noodle arm. Mm-hmm. It's probably stronger than Brock Purdy's arm. Do you think there's a huge difference there? Are you are you serious? You, like you really do think it's it's stronger than you, like Brock Purdy's? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of the Falcons, but you know, or sorry, he was on the he was on the Colts this past season. I, I didn't watch a lot of him. Yeah, this past season, but you know, I'm what asking. I did see it. I mean, I don't know. I think the uh, arm strength conversation for Brock Purdy is a little overblown to be honest. I mean, I think for him, it's more so a mechanics thing um, than, than anything. I think if he improves his mechanics, he, he can have some, uh, you know, some throws with more zip because his, his throws had zip. It's more so getting them, you know, to go very far, but he had some downfield throws that I thought were accurate and I thought they, they traveled well. Um, I would even argue maybe a little more accurately than some of Jimmy Garoppolo's, so I think, you know, the that conversation's overblown. I agree so that at that point I would say Brock Purdy maybe has his arm is fine. It was fine. We'll see if yeah. it still is. Yeah. I, I I agree that arm strength is shows up primarily on the intermediate routes when you're jamming a, a throw into a tight window as opposed to being able to throw it eighty yards down the field. You're you're gonna do one way more than the other. Josh Allen talked about it in an interview. He said, When I've thrown my hardest, it's not on the deep balls. It's always on the basically he said the balls that I really shouldn't be throwing in the first place. Um so we'll see what happens with that. I'm yeah, I'm very, very skeptical. Uh, Pern put it nicely watching on YouTube. I agree with Rob can't judge a relationship to be forever on a first date. That's a recipe for disaster. I totally agree. Um, But beyond the quarterback stuff, I wanted to get to this and I didn't mean for it to take this long because you were at the senior bowl and I want to know what was that like? What did you see? Was there anybody that you, you know, do you have any draft crushes that we should keep an eye on? Because we're going to have to dig deep for this year because we don't pick until the third round. Um, I, it was a lot of fun. That was my first time at the senior bowl. It was my first time like in the interview players. Uh, so that was awesome. Um, and yeah, there were some guys that stood out to me. I will say that like my intention or how I go into, you know, draft season, I'm interested in what the 49ers might be interested in more so than like looking at every prospect. Right. So I would say I I was keeping an eye on what the scouts were looking at, the 49ers scouts, that is. And Tariq Ahmad was there. That's the director of college scouting for the 49ers. Um, and so I was keeping an eye on what they were looking at. And to me, from, from my vantage point, I had binoculars, all right? So it was a pretty good vantage point. <laughs> I I was seeing that they, they were looking at, you know, secondary players quite a bit. So corners, 
and and safeties. They're they're keeping an eye on. They were looking at everything, right? There was about 10 49 scouts there. But, you know, again, I, I feel like I came away thinking that secondary is probably a position that they're going to look to draft. And for good reason, right? Because they do, they could use some depth in the corner position. And, you know, if Tashawn Gibson does not come back, they're going to need a safety, right? So I think regardless whether they need a starter, it, Emmanuel Mosley may not come back. You know, they, they need some depth. And those are some positions they're going to be looking at. So I liked Julius Brents. He's a corner. I like Tyreek Stevenson. Daniel Scott from Cal, he had a, a lot of nice plays as well. Uh, safety, J.L. Skinner. Um, he was awesome. Uh-oh, did we lose Steph? We may have lost Steph. I think we did. All right. Well, nonetheless, that's really cool. Like hearing the names from the Senior Bowl. I gotta, I'm not going to lie. I haven't uh, taken a deep dive on the draft class yet. I still haven't gotten there. Had some things going on. I, I do want to, and I will. And we'll talk about all guys that the 49ers could have drafted or, or could draft, I should say. Uh, as we move along, Combine starts in a couple, well, I should say about three weeks. It's actually in March this year because the Super Bowl is a little delayed, so the Combine will be a little delayed as well. Let me see if I can pop Steph out and maybe pop her back in in a minute. Um, but anyway, those were a few observations. I wanted to to pick Steph's brain because she was there, and she, when you're there, you notice things, and not just things that everybody else notices. You hear conversations. You interact with people. You never know the things that you can pick up, especially – you know, in different settings, people feel a little more relaxed. Maybe they tell you something that uh, they wouldn't normally tell you, you know, when they were just in a straight up like scouting situation. Uh, OK, I just got a text. <laughs> looks like Steph is not going to be able to hop back in. She's now cursing out her Internet provider, uh, which we can all relate to there. But anyway, if you're just joining us uh, real quick, I'll just recap the news of the day. Uh, the 49ers reportedly are going to hire Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator. Stays in the 4-3. Kyle Shanahan said that he wants to keep things as normal as possible because of all the success the 49ers have had and because of the success that their defense has had. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, if I can pull it up here, here's Kyle's exact quote on what he was looking for in a defensive coordinator. I love our defensive staff. I love our defense. Um, trying to get something where we don't have to turn much over. I would love to keep our same staff. So I'm um, going to talk to some guys on our staff. I'm going to talk to some guys outside of our staff and hopefully whichever way we decide to go, um, whether we bring in a new guy or not, that it's someone who can work with who we have and what we've accomplished here. Cause um, I love the scheme that we run and I feel the foundation we have on the D line, that linebacker, a corner at safety. Um, I think our players fit very well in it too. So hoping to find someone who fits with us personality wise and scheme wise. So apparently that's Steve Wilkes. Come on down. Had a nice run as the interim head coach of the Panthers. Well-respected around the league. I'll try and dive into some more Steve Wilkes detail as things come out. Uh, but that is the news. The first major domino of the 49ers offseason has fallen. The defensive coordinator will be Steve Wilkes. Want to thank everybody for hopping in here in the middle of the day. Really do appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't done it already, smash that like button, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Also subscribe to the gold standard podcast network. Really do appreciate all your support. 
Uh, it's been a little crazy here to close out the season, but we're getting stuff together and uh, we're going to have coverage of the 49ers for you the entire offseason. We are not going anywhere. We are not going to slow down our schedule. We are not doing any of that. So no matter what happens, we are going to be here with you and for you. And if you can leave a review, please, please, please do it. Uh, I wanted to read one at the top of the show and I actually forgot. Uh, here's one from your boy Cantu. Best 49ers podcast, my favorite podcast for hit takes and wet blankets. So glad Rob is back and he brought the crew, even reads the reviews. With that said, Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. So please, please, please leave a review. I promise you, I will try to read as many on the show as possible. We've been getting a ton, uh, but I promise you, I do read them all. I can't read them all on the show because nobody wants to hear 50,000 reviews at the top of a show, but I do read them all, especially if they're funny. Uh, I will probably read those more than others on the show so thank you again everybody steve wilkes is defensive coordinator enjoy that thanks for all your support and we'll be back uh, 11 and i'll be back tomorrow